If you'll allow me, I'm going to uh, read a little from the Word before we pray, and then we'll go into prayer here in just a bit. Today's uh, focus passage is going to be, if you'll turn your, your Bibles to Luke 14. I want to hit a few other verses, but if you'll keep that Bible open right there to Luke 14, in particular we're going to be going into verses 16 through 24, which is... Jesus' parable on the dinner is what we're going to be talking about. So if you will, I'll, I'll read this from the NASB. To turn this down because Pastor Jim's not up here. But he said to him, a man was giving a big dinner and he invited many. And at the dinner hour, he sent his slaves to tell those who had been invited, Come, because everything is ready now. And yet they, all alike, began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I purchased a field and I need to go out to look at it. Please consider me excused. And another one said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them out. Please consider me excused. And another one said, I took a woman as my wife, and for that reason I cannot come. And the slave came back and reported this to his master. Then the head of the household became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in here those who are poor, those with disabilities, those who are blind, and those who are limping. And later the slave said, Master, what you commanded has been done. And still there is room. And the master said to the slave, Go out into the roads and the hedges and press upon them to come in so that my house will be filled. For I tell you, none of those who men, sorry, for I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my dinner. Thank you. If you'll go with me to prayer. Dear Lord, we want to thank you for this. And I pray that you would be with us now as we try and understand the parable that Jesus speaks to us. And Lord, I pray that it would speak to our hearts right now, that you would give us a better understanding, and that you take my words and, and, and watch over them and guide them, and that you open the hearts of all who are within earshot or online, that they would come to an appreciation of you, Lord, and learn to love you even more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First, a little context on, uh, on this parable and where Jesus was when he spoke this. So Jesus is invited to a, a pretty high Pharisee's home for a Passover meal. And so he's there at the Passover meal, and that, that's when this is happening. And, and if you back up to Luke 14, 7, to kind of get a feel for, for what Jesus was seeing and hearing when he, when he came to this, there's a verse there in, in verse 7 that says, now he began telling a parable to the invited guests when he noticed how they had been picking out the places of honor at the table, saying to them. And I won't com complete that, that thought there. But Jesus is, is there at the gathering, and he sees, I guess the best way to describe it, more than one person evidently jockeying for position for the high places within the room. Keep in mind, this is, this is the, one of the highest Pharisees' 
home. So it kind of makes sense, right? Everybody's trying to impress or get close to this highest Pharisee. So they're, they're kind of jockeying for position there. And so that's the context of where Jesus is going to go with that. And if you, you look at Luke 14, 15, it says, Now when one of those who were reclining at the table with him heard this, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. And right after that, that statement is when Jesus talks about this. Uh, Je Jesus goes on after this parable also to talk about um, the inviting the poor and needy. So he, he first is going to address those who were invited, but then he also addresses right before this Luke 14, 15 passage, he also addresses those doing the inviting, so the, the Pharisee himself, right? And he says, and I'll paraphrase here, uh, apologize for, for, for that, but he basically says, you know, it's, it's better if you would invite the poor and the needy um, because then you will be, you will receive your, your thanks. You will receive your reward later for how you treated the poor and the needy. And it's on the very tail of that that verse 15 comes in and says, one of those who were reclining at the table, and keep that visual in your, in your head, who's reclining at the table, says... Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. And you can just imagine if they were, if they were Baptists. Amen, brother. Right? As he said that. Um, and I want to point out a, a couple of things on that. Because Matthew Henry says that, and, I, and I'll take his word on, on a lot of things, says that that actually was a saying by the rabbi that was used a lot back then. It was, it was kind of a a saying of, well, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. And it was referencing that, that time that they all looked forward to of when they would be in the presence of God and not just in the presence of God, but eating bread at the table of God while in the presence of God, reclining at the table of God while, while being in the presence of God. And so that's, that's kind of this saying that, that, that this, this person brings up. And the question becomes, so what, what is Jesus really trying to point out here with this parable that he starts just immediately after that saying? And so that's what we're going to focus on a little bit today. So if you'll You'll uh, keep all of that kind of in mind as we go through this. I, I would appreciate it. So now I'll get into each, each verse a little more. And uh, verse 16 says, But he said to him, so he said to him, that's, that's the guy who just spoke, right? Blessed is he that eats bread at the table of God. But he said to him, A man was giving a big dinner, and he invited many. And at the dinner hour, he sent his slave to tell those who had been invited, come, because everything is ready now. Now, the, I wanted to focus first on the, the term dinner, because it's important to understand what the Pharisees, what those at the dinner understood, understood Jesus to be talking about. 
And, and before I go there, I want to tell a little story about, about uh, when I got married. Because before I got married, in my family, there was lunch, there was breakfast, there was lunch, and there was supper. That's what we called them. How, just show of hands, how many had that? Okay. Well, when I married into my wife's family, her grandparents in, in particular had breakfast, dinner, and supper. How many had that one? Oh, wow, there must be even a third one that I don't know about. <laughs> um, you, you get with me afterwards, I'd like to hear that one. Uh, and I remember my wife told me that her grandmother explained that the reason for that is that the, the mid-noon meal was the bigger meal that they covered. So that's what they called their dinner. Well, when you look at, and oh, by the way, the NASB uses the term dinner here. The King James uses the term supper here. The point being that this, this master who is inviting people to this dinner is not inviting people to a lunch. Um, and I'd like to explain that the, the way I look at this is lunch often for me at least is sustenance. Get me through the next five hours to get through work. That's what lunch is, right? It's, it's all about sustenance. Unfortunately, it's also about eating it as fast as, it, as I can most of the time and just getting through it. But dinner, and the term here, diapnon, is a Greek word, and the Greeks were, were, were very fond of this time of the day, was a relationship time. It was a time at the end of the day when all the work has been done, a time when it's not just about sustenance, although you know, great food was a big part of it, but it was also about leaning on the table and relaxing and taking advantage of the efforts that you had put in all day uh, and the efforts that the cooks had put in all, all day, right? And so this is what these people were being invited to. So take a little bit less focus on the food and, and add just a little more focus on the fellowship, and I think you'll appreciate the rest of the parable just a, a little bit better. Verse 16, um, again, the same, same verse says uh, that he invited many, and I wanted to... to, to to point on that with the parable a little bit. So why in the parable would he invite many? What does that mean? It means that it wasn't just a special invitation to one person. View it more as a general invitation. In fact, I would view it in the parable as Jesus saying, you know, the invitation is to all. In fact, it goes on to say, uh, and we'll, we'll get to that in, in, the, in one of the next slides, it goes on to say that there, there's going to be lots of food. I mean, it, we're not going to run out of food. That's, that's kind of the implication here. This is for all who will come, too many. Um, and so that's, that's important. Uh, and keep in mind the audience, always keep in mind the audience, because unlike me, Jesus can read the audience and use just the right word that that audience needed to hear. 
And so if you think about that, um, as Pharisees are in, in this audience, they had to have hearkened back to Isaiah 25, 6. And it says, Now the Lord of armies will pre prepare a lavish banquet for all peoples on this mountain, a banquet of aged wine, choice pieces with marrow and refined aged wine. And, and why do we know they would have hearkened back to it? Well, the, the person who had just spoken to Jesus is already hearkening to this is all about God. This is all about our fellowship and our time with God. And so they would have, they would have recognized that. The next uh, thing I wanted to point out, I think I already said this, is that everything is ready now. It's also not just a, a specific invitation. It's a general invitation. But he didn't say, hey, when you get a chance, come by, stop by sometime. This invitation was for a specific time. And I think as we go through this, I would even add, and this is, this is me speaking, it had an expiration date. Because when you have a specific time for an invitation, when that time is passed, the invitation is gone. If I invite you to dinner tomorrow night, please don't show up Tuesday night and expect to eat. Right? This invitation was for a specific time. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 6, and I'd like you to, to bear with me as I read this. It's, it's a little long, but I think you'll get the point. There is an appointed time for everything. And there is a time for every matter under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. A time to search and a time to give up as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, and a time of war and a time of peace. So that's a lot, right? As I was reading through that, you may have thought, okay, how, how much longer is this going to go? And it could have kept going because the, the principle being taught there is that there is a time for everything. And the principle that Jesus uses in this in this. Uh, parable is this invitation was the time. This was the time for those who were invited to join in fellowship with this master. And that was the time. Um, we're going we're gonna to see here in just a bit that some of them forfeited that opportunity to spend that time. And I want to point out uh, uh, I'd hope to have time to go back through and, and Pastor Jim find some one of at least one of the sermons where you talked about the principle of diminishing returns. I love when you talk about that, brother. It's 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 a wonderful wonderful principle, and I may not be using the right words there for it, but the the principle there is there is a time for all things, 
If you miss that time, doesn't mean you might not get another opportunity, but there will never be a better opportunity than that one that you just missed. And so as we go through this, I want to skip over that. As we go through this, I, I hope you recognize uh, some of the lost opportunity. Before I read those three excuses that were given and we focus on those excuses, I wanted to point out some of the results of those excuses. Because the, in verse 21, it tells us that the slave came back and reported this to his master. This being the excuses that were given. And then the head of the household became angry and said to his slave, Go out once into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here those who are poor, those with disabilities, those who are blind, and those who are, who are limping. And then I want to add to verse 23 to that and because later, after there's still some more space, right? And the master said to the slave, Go out into the roads and the hedges and press upon them to come in so that my house will be filled. I think the point here to, to make is this kind of goes to the, to the other parable about those doing the inviting should be inviting those in need because Jesus ties that into here. But also the point is that those who were invited rejected the invitation and so the invitation went out to all others, to everyone they can find. And we know that Jesus knew that Israel was going to reject him and that that invitation that was open to Israel, that was appointed a time when Jesus was 33 years old for them to accept him, was going to pass unaccepted and that that invitation was going to go out to all. Praise God. Amen. 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 So, let's talk about the rejections for just a second. The first one um, is an interesting one. And, and before I get into all three, I'd like to point out the stark contrast between who rejected these verses, the verses I just went over that talked about the poor, the disabled, the needy. These were the chosen people. These are not the poor and the needy as expressed by the example that the three that are, that are explained here. Because this first one, um, John Phillips, who's a, a pretty, I, I like him, a dispensational evangelist, um, says that this is the businessman's excuse. This first one is the businessman's excuse. Because this man has invested in a piece of property he has not even seen yet. Now, he's invested in a property, and for some of you who have, uh, have your own businesses, I can imagine he was, until he could go see it to make sure if it was a good investment, he probably wasn't sleeping real well yet, right? It was consuming him to the point where he used it as an excuse not to, to join this guy in fellowship around the dinner table because he needed to go check out this investment to see if it's good. Um, and and I, I just, I, I like that, uh, 
that example because it kind of fits into the second uh, person who we can call the working man's excuse because this man, again, it, it appears maybe not bought sight unseen, but he, he certainly doesn't seem like he's tried these, these tools out. And these are tools of his trade. And what's very important is that those tools are going to help him in his trade because what's very important to him is that he gets his work done. And so he's going to end up using these as an excuse um, for, not, for not coming uh, to, the, uh, to the invitation. And Matthew Henry says, it, it would have been better... Um, for him to say, rather than, hey, i, I got to go check out my oxen. It would have been better to say, rather than, hey, I've got to go see this land that I purchased. It would have been more truthful to say, from a parable's perspective, that I am eat, invited to eat bread in the kingdom of God. Reference back to what the man said leaning on the table. I would have, I, <laughs> let me say that again. It would have been better to say, I am invited to eat bread in the kingdom of God, but must be excused because I'm going to see the ground and the oxen. We all have worldly responsibilities, but do not neglect the spiritual things as well. And then maybe the, the most hard-hitting example uh, for me is... The next example where it says, and another one said, I took a woman as my wife, and for that reason I cannot come. Um, because <laughs> this excuse is the family man's excuse. And before looking a little deeper into the context of those Jesus is talking to, um, the first thing to notice here is that this excuse is that person who is going to put his family over the relationship with that other person. And when you first look at that, you think, okay, in the parable, I should not be putting my family over the relationship with Christ ever. But okay, this guy's putting his wife over this person who invited him. That, that's not so bad, right? When you look deeper into this, um, I wanted to, to read from Deuteronomy 24.5 because these Pharisees probably would have caught this quicker than I did reading through it. Because in Deuteronomy 24.5 it says, When a man hath taken a new wife, he shall not go out to war, neither shall he be charged with any business, but he shall be free at home for one year and shall cheer up his wife which he has taken. One year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I get the part you don't have to go to war, but not charged with any business for one year. Wow. So the parable here is talking about I have a right to not have to do anything else. I have a right spelled out in the law in the Bible that says 
that says, I can have this year off. And so I'm going to take that right here and use the excuse of not coming into fellowship for this invitation to the dinner. And so that had to be weighing on the minds of, of, uh, of these Pharisees, as it was said as well. And then the, the kicker, we'll, we'll jump through those other uh, responses when, when the master said, well, you know, go out and get all these other people. Two things there. Number one, he does not want his table sitting empty. He wants the invitation to be received by all those who will receive it. And so that table's not going to be empty. It's going to be received. But not one of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Now that's got to be hard-hitting because if, if you fill... <laughs> thank you, Carly. If you uh, fill the tug of the Lord inviting you, but, well, right now, this stage of my life, I need to focus on business, or I need to focus on my work, or I need to focus on my investments, or I need to focus on my family. God's invitation is going to be there tomorrow, and it's going to, and, and it is going to be there tomorrow. But that principle of diminishing good options, I want you to keep in mind. And also, this parable seems to imply that maybe the invitation will still be there tomorrow. Maybe it won't. What, what does the Bible teach us about when we start rejecting Christ? Often, our hearts become bitter. And if we rejected him the first invitation, we're likely to inject, reject him the second and the third and the fifth and the hundredth. And so I would just encourage anyone who might be out there who has not accepted Christ as personal Savior and knows that you're hearing the Lord calling you to himself to not waste that opportunity and to accept that. I'm going to quote uh, Matthew Henry again, and he's talking about the became angry. He says, abused mercy turns into the greatest wrath. This is the same doom passed on to Israel when they rejected him. For, or, as an example, Esau throwing away his birthright. Or like the foolish virgins who missed their chance for when the door is shut, entrance is denied. Will they get invited again? See, this invitation isn't like an invitation for a taxi ride. Because if you approach it as an invitation to a taxi ride, well, as soon as that taxi stops somewhere and there's something more interesting, you're going to jump off that taxi ride and go do something else. This is an invitation for fellowship. And um, along those lines, John Calvin asserts that men are so enslaved by inherited depravity that they are completely helpless to respond to the Savior's message until assisted by some miraculous impulse of the Spirit. The point there being that none of us can accept that invitation. 
without the Holy Spirit working on our hearts. So I'd love to stand up here and encourage each and every one of you to, if you have not responded to that, respond right now. But if, without the Holy Spirit, you can't do it. And we know that. Um, I think it was Prince Philip passed away this, this past weekend, I think. And, and I read, and I couldn't find proof of this quote, but this, this comment has been going around, that when Queen Elizabeth II in the 50s, 53, I think it was, uh, had her coronation, she sent out invitations. And on, and on either all or some of the invitations, at least, at the very bottom of the invitation, it says, all excuses ceasing. Okay. The point being, if the queen invites you, she invited 8,000 people to her coronation. Yeah. We thought the Harvest Festival was bad to set up. <laughs> 8,000 people to the invitation. The expectation was you were not going to turn that down. And so that's uh, just something to keep in mind there. Um, and then... The man who had said that at the, at, the, at the beginning and then Jesus talks to him. We think of this as, or we should talk about this, as blessed is he who will recline at the table of Jesus. And as we go into, we're about to go into a time of the, the Lord's Supper. I wanted to tie that into the Lord's Supper. This is not just about uh, breaking bread on this moment. This is not just about remembering the sacrifice of Jesus. This is not just about remembering the ability of his shed blood to cleanse us of our sins. This is about communion. And so often this table is called the communion service as well because it is about coming into communion. So if you are here today, we're going we're gonna to have communion here in just a second. This is open communion for all believers. And we want to invite you to participate, but if you have not accepted Christ as, as your Lord and Savior, I would ask that you just uh, watch, learn, ask questions, maybe in your mind, and then come ask me afterwards, um, because this is an open invitation that Jesus made to all of us, that the Holy Spirit may or may not be talking to you right now and if you've not taken that opportunity to respond to him, the Bible also tells us that your response should, it's in your heart between you and Christ, but you are to make a public profession about that. So afterwards today, as soon as you can, meet with me, meet with one of the other elders. There's lots of men and women out here that you can talk to if you feel comfortable, but I just would encourage you to respond. So we're going to go to the, Lord's Supper um, to the communion table now. I would invite the men to come up. Do we have any men? You know what? Ron Batten is not here today. I knew that two hours ago. Hi, Ron. Which means um, I'm not sure if were any men selected for doing the table. Oh, it's taken care of. Good. If y'all want to come on up, we're going to first do a... a, a a time of silent prayer.